Paddles and Rami. Paddles and Rami. Paddles and Rami. Sacktown Sports. Almost the second hour of the show today. Almost. <laughs> Haven't hit three just yet. Would have asked uh, Michael another question or two, man. We we burnt our time with Michael Scotto. I thought he was tremendous. If you want to check out the uh, full interview, you can do that soon enough. It'll be on ZachTownSports.com podcast page. Uh, good stuff uh, from Michael. And Michael talked about this Sham Sharania report, if you're just jumping into your car. Uh, and wondering what in the world is going on. Sham Sharania reported earlier today, a couple hours ago, that the Kings have spoken with the Wizards about Bradley Beal. Now, Shams, in this tweet, says that right now there does not appear a clear pathway for the two sides. I found it interesting that Shams, and don't get it twisted, these insiders tweet all the time. When they use specific language, pay attention to it. I'm not telling you a deal is going to get done. As a matter of fact, I I tell you there's probably a 5% chance this gets done. But when Shams uses the term right now, that does possibly lead you to, well, maybe later. There's no clear pathway right now, but depending on maybe some other pieces being moved, some other things happening, there might be a pathway. That's how I read it. And Shams left it open for interpretation, so... That's what I read from it. Maybe someone disagrees with me, but when you put right now, it means right now. And Michael Scotto said that he believes it's just due diligence from the Kings trying to find that third piece and, you know, whether or not it makes sense ultimately for them to pull the trigger on a deal like this. And he talked about, as we talked about, JJ, to start this show, the salary cap implications, how this would impact the Kings not only in the short term but the long term. Here's here's a different spin on this, on this, what I would say, significant, huge, large rumor, report. Bradley Beal's legit, okay? Bradley Beal is a legit player. He's an all-star player. He's not 35. He's had a couple of down years. Is it because he's declining or is it because Washington stunk and he no longer cared as much? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if he lands elsewhere, if it was Washington or if it was Beal. But this is a big deal. It's a big deal with the Kings getting involved with this conversation. So I'll read the tweet to you one more time. Another team that's had Bradley Beal trade talks with the Wizards, the Kings. Sources tell me and Sam Amick, our friend Sam, I'm sure Dave is scrambling to get Sam on the show tomorrow morning. (laughs) He was on the show this this morning morning, and no commented when asked about it. He didn't have things lined up. Said, I'm, I've am i been at the finals all week. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm not really in Kings mode right now. Yeah. And then four hours later, he's breaking news. Couldn't break a little Sacktown sports off, huh? He didn't have them sources set yet. <laughs> Takes his journalism seriously. Yeah. Good for Sam. Sam is, yeah. So Shams continued, it's believed Beal would consider Sacramento given his no trade clause. But right now, there does not appear uh, a clear pathway for the two sides. So, J.J., What's this tweet tell you about the Kings? That I got a, a, a laundry list of things. I love Nick, it. You know, a uh, couple things. They want to win, and they finally are acting like it. Right? That's yep. quick, fast, simple, and easy. 
to me, as I said, the West is wide open. I think after seeing this year kind of play out, Nick, the, uh, the, the Kings, they probably believe they can at least make it to the Western Conference Finals. And I, I'm on record as saying here, you know, if they would have beat the Warriors, they would have beat the Lakers. And that could just be my Laker hate. But, you know, hey, look, I'm going to let it shine at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing, too, is I believe they know or they they feel they can they can upgrade Kevin Herter. Yeah. Uh, I think that he is he played well a lot this season. He had a couple of months where he fell off. And I also think the playoffs might have showed them something and they might think, you know, different of the future of Kevin Herter with the Sacramento Kings jersey on. Um, the other couple things, too, I think they believe they have a championship roster or the building blocks or the foundation of that. Mm. And that, to me, means De'Aaron Fox and Domas. Yeah, your top two guys. Absolutely. And probably, if you want to throw it in there, Keegan. Keegan, yep. yeah. I yep. would imagine those are your three. And then for the last thing for me, too, is, is I'm going to continue to keep going back to it, Nick. The NBA is wide open. And the CBA, <laughs> we just heard Michael Scotto. You've talked about it. Rami's talked about it. It's everywhere if you're paying attention in the NBA, you know, atmosphere, the stratosphere. I don't think coming into next year, Denver will be the favorite. But beyond that, just about every team has a question mark. And it sounds crazy because it's like, well, you can say that every year. But I think more now than ever, the NBA has some teams where it's like, yeah. And we saw it this year in the East, right, Nick? It was your boss, the Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers, and Giannis and the Bucks. Yeah. Right? And yep. beyond that, nobody else. In the West, it was kind of more of a coin flip, hence why Phoenix went and grabbed Kevin Durant. They felt like they had a, a chance and opportunity. And so, the, for me, I just think the Kings see and feel the NBA is there for the grasp. And as we continue, and you guys talked about earlier this week, and Denver could be the next dynasty. Well, if we're going to start that talk, then as a Sacramento King, you know, a part of that organization, I'm believing we got a shot to disrupt that. Here's what I love. Absolutely freaking love about Shams' tweet today. It tells me that the Kings are not content. They're not content. They're not fat and happy. They're not putting their feet up on the table saying, hey, we made the playoffs. We got the beam. We're yeah. good to go. Curse is broken. Let's go. They're not content. They're looking at this as an opportunity, JJ. They yes. believe. They see what they did this year, and they want to build on it. It's precisely, I mean, precisely what we talked about as soon as that series was over with the Warriors. And it's not to just dismiss what happened this year. No way. It's, it's actually to appreciate mm-hmm. and acknowledge what happened this year because you want to build on what you're beginning, right? And we talked about it right when the season was finished, right after Game 7 against the Warriors. We talked about that this team has an opportunity. They've got to make the most of it. They've got to run after it. They can't be content. They have to upgrade. Don't run it back, quote-unquote, because right. you broke the 16-year streak, the, the drought. Don't do that. Don't run it back because we're afraid that fans aren't going to be happy with the move. No. This, this is all about Monty McNair, JJ. Mm. Monty couldn't care less <laughs> how you feel about a move he makes. Dang. And that's a great thing when you have a GM that thinks that way. He, I'm sorry, Sam in Sacramento. I'm sorry, Freddie and Folsom. <laughs> If you don't like me trading Tyrese Halliburton for Domas, deal with it because I'm going to do it because I think that's what's best for the team. 
Man. Keep your eyes to yourself. And now, 16-year playoff drought, we could be fat and happy. And I'm willing to take a risk. Come on now. I'm willing to go after somebody. I am not content with what we did this past year. I love that about this conversation. I love that the Kings are going for it. If they don't get Beal, if you like Beal or you don't like Beal, to me, that's far down the list. And at the top of the list is you're going after a Bradley mm, Beal. There you go. You're going after a top 30 guy. You're you're not just going to sit back and say, no, Fox and Domas and, you know, we're good. And we're going to just rely on Keegan Murray to become a superstar. You're not doing that. So not being content is a beautiful thing. Here's something else that I love, 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 love about this story. You have an owner who is willing to spend. Truth. He's a guy. John Fisher. And, and we've talked about. We've talked to the anti-Fisher. We've talked about Vivek <laughs> and some of the missteps in past years. And look, we all know certain things happened. And Vivek, I'm sure, would tell you if he was shot with truth serum that he's made some mistakes. But don't get it twisted. Vivek wants to win. Yes. He might have had his heart in the right place and his head not following it at times. But he wants to win. And somebody, an owner who's going to entertain this idea... Because I don't think Monty's looking to trade Fox and Domas or Domas. I think he's trying to put Bradley Beal with those two guys. And for an owner to even give the okay for mm. Monty to pick up the phone and make the call. That's right. Tells you that Vivek, he ain't worried about luxury tax aprons. He ain't worried about spending a ton of money. He's from, let's not forget, the Golden State Warriors. Come on now. And he's the looking down money. the street, and he sees what Joe Lacob did, and he sees how much money they spent, and he saw that dynasty built, and he's saying to himself, I ain't worried about the new CBA. I ain't worried about the luxury tax. I ain't worried about the handcuffs. I'm worried about winning. And if you can get me a third guy who's an all-star to go along with my two all-NBA cats that I have right now on the roster, let's do it. I'll spend the money. I'll send I'll send the private jet to pick his ass up. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I like where you're coming from. I you get you didn't give a shout out to Eddie and El Grove or Ozzy and Orangeville, <laughs> but I see where you was going with it though, Nick. I like it, man. Now you got me fired up here. It's I, it's just it's the most important thing, JJ. Do you have an owner that's willing to spend? True. Do you have a GM that's willing to take a risk? Yeah. Very, very true. Very true. And I mean, you know, it's it's the slum lord to the to the fantastic uh, renter, you know, the, the fantastic landlord. I'm with you, man. I, I just think they are trying to build on the foundation. And I believe, you know, like you said, having these conversations for a top 30-ish guy, you know, an all-star, a two, three, a multiple-time all-star, someone who is going to make big bank. And uh, it just lets me know, like you said, they're not content. I, I love every everything you're coming with, Nick. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would love to see – a person like Bradley Beal, and I know we're, we're throwing out his name. I'm pretty sure we have a, a laundry list of other guys that we would love to see that might cost a little less. But as we heard with Michael Scotto, and this is what I was trying to say in the first the uh, the first segment, Nick, is there's a lot of people who you're not going to equate 30 to $40 million with their name. And you're like, wait a minute, that dude's making $40 million bucks? Yeah. It's yep. kind of going to go back to this, and I can't remember, correct me, the summer of – 
16 or 17 where yep, guys 16. were 16 where guys were getting money and you're like wait a minute solomon what he, solomon <laughs> hill got 45 million dollars tyler johnson 72 million oh, that's, what that's awful. yeah it's gonna go back to the summer of 16 but it's gonna look a little different because michael scotto just said cam johnson you know low to mid 25 20s ah I would like to keep them around 15 to high, you know, teens, but doesn't look that way. Now, here's one more thing I would say to JJ. I just literally went to the note of the tweet and I highlighted this part. It's believed Beal would consider Sacramento hmm. given his no trade clause. I mean, he he's open. This is somebody who could go Sacramento no way. Yeah. That's the change of the reputation. That's the third thing that I love, 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 love about this tweet from Shams is the fact that Bradley Beal, we're talking Philly, we're talking Washington, uh, we're talking Philly, we're talking Miami, we're talking Boston, we're talking all these places, right? Even Golden State was brought up in, in certain areas that I've seen in the last day or two. Sacramento was not in this conversation a year ago, JJ. Not even close. Sacramento would not be considered by somebody with a no-trade clause like a Bradley Beal seen as a top-30 player when he's playing his best and might have options to go to Miami, South mm. Beach, or go to L.A., or go to you know San Francisco with Golden State and that dynasty, or go to Philadelphia with Joel Embiid who won the MVP, or go to Boston who was you know Game 6 of the Finals two years ago and in the Eastern Conference Finals Game 7 this past year. Bradley Beal being open to the idea of the Kings tells you how many steps this organization has made in the past 365 days. And it also tells you that you could have a GM that's willing to take a risk. You can have an owner who's willing to spend the money, but it ain't going to mean a thing if a player doesn't want to be here. Very true. And the fact that Bradley Beal's open to being dealt to Sacramento, all three pieces fall together. Hmm. The owner willing to spend the money, the GM willing to take the risk, and the player willing to come here. Sign me up. Can I go pick him up? <laughs> be, I know you said Vivek sending a jet, but sign me up. I'm look, And that's what I'm looking for. You know, I, I come on the airways when I have the opportunity and always say I'm looking for moves to win a championship. I'm not looking for moves to, make, to, to feel good and sell tickets. That's not my job. I, as a fan, I want to see a championship come to Sacramento, and that's how I look at it. And for me, guys like Bradley Beal, you know, guys like uh, Dame Lillard, you know, I'm throwing big-time names out there, but that, to me, is what it's going to take to win a championship here in Sacramento unless I see anything different, you know. Uh, I saw what Denver did. I know they had two stars lead the way. I'm more of a believer it takes a third guy kind of make you know to make it make sense, but – I like the fact that they're even in the conversations, and you make yeah. great points, Nick. Fantastic stuff, brother. All right, so your reactions to the uh, Bradley Beal tweet from Sham Sharania that the Kings have picked up the phone. They've talked to Washington about Bradley Beal right now. I underline right now. Doesn't seem to be a clear path to a deal. Doesn't mean there can't be a clear path two days from now, two weeks from now. If we get there, it sounds like Jay's ready to drive Kevin Herter to the airport. Oh, uh, well. I'll let that man get the black car. He get the Uber, <laughs> the Uber car. Uh, text line is nine one six three three nine eleven forty. The phone number is one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. YouTube dot com Sacktown Sports eleven forty. Give us that thumbs up. We always appreciate the likes. More likes means more eyeballs. What does what does this phone call from the Kings from Monty to the Wizards about Bradley Beal? 
What does that tell you about the Kings? I just gave you three things it tells me. JJ gave you a few things it tells him. What does it tell you? We'll get to your reaction. Also, uh, is Kirk Cousins looking towards a Kyle Shanahan reunion? We'll have the latest in 90 seconds. Whether you like or don't like Bradley Beal, the Shams tweet is just huge for the Kings. Gave you three reasons why. Number one, you have an owner willing to spend big. Number two, you have a GM willing to take a risk for talent. Number three, you have an all-star open and waving his no-trade clause to come to Sacramento. Huge. Huge. Your thoughts? Feel free. 916-339-1140 is a text line. We don't charge you to give your opinion. You can also give us a phone call at 1-800-920-1140. Don't forget, website, sacktownsports.com. I'm sure our guy Frank is going to have all sorts of of content and many, many thoughts about this Bradley Beal story that came out today. Again, it's sacktownsports.com. We will get to Kirk Cousins in a little while, whether or not he's angling for a reunion with Kyle Shanahan. But Andrew Cardwell has a message for JJ, the YouTube chat. He says, let the Laker hate shine, baby. That's it, baby. (laughs) No Lake show over here. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Can't believe these cats in Sacramento like the Lakers. You also brought up the uh, summer of 2016. Manny Too Legit said he misses the summer of 2016. (laughs) Oh, it must have been good. It was a great summer. I wish I could teleport back. And it was seven years ago, so I was seven years younger. So, yeah, I'd like to go back to 2016. <laughs> too, too. Great year. We lived Great in a world year. where Alan Crabb was getting $72 million. <laughs> Shout out to Alan <laughs> Crabb. <laughs> Three and D wing, baby. What is Alan Crabb doing these days? Living on an island in a big mansion, thanks to the $72 million he was given in the summer of 2016. There were about two days where the richest contract in NBA history was signed by Mike Conley. Oof. Tyler Johnson one's yeah, got to be was... one of the worst of all time. Tyler Crabb last time. Let's see. He was immediately useless, Tyler Johnson, after yeah. signing that contract. Truth. I think he had only started like six career games when he signed that deal. Awful. Man. Uh, let's go to TC. He wants to talk about Bradley Beal. What's up, TC? Nick, JJ, what's up? What's up, bud? All right, just chilling. Hey, I agree with everything you were just saying, like, First of all, we got to go back a few callers and like what everybody's getting over amped up about Bradley Bill. Bro, I'm trading Herter. I'm trading Herter and Davion for like if we got, and I love both those guys, but if we got to make the move to bring in Bill, I'm bringing him in. Not on top of that, Nick, what you were talking about as far as he's almost, uh, Uncle V is almost like Joe Lakeup in a way. He's ready to spend big money, bro. He's not really tripping. He like the Kings. We back on the map. We up. We got the beam going. He's not tripping on that money. He's trying to buy every other team to bring him to Sacramento anyway. So you got to like, that's a big thing you got to pay attention to. So I agree with you, Nick. Uncle V's ready to spend some money. And if that's the move to pull Bill in, I think that's going to happen. It's either going to be him or OG. It's a big move that's about to be making in Sacramento to really push us over the top, bro. So everybody grab your popcorn, grab your drinks, and get ready. <laughs> TC, oh, thank get, you. Get your popcorn ready. Your popcorn. Do you like Uncle V? Do you like the Uncle V nickname? I love Uncle V. You know, I didn't say this to you guys. Uh, <laughs> I didn't tell you, tell you guys this, but over the weekend I had slid down to Los Angeles, right? And uh, guess who I sit next to? Who? Just take a wild guess. It has something to do with get your popcorn ready. Oh, T.O.? T.O. No kidding. No BS. Literally. Sit wow. next to you're sit next for, to you're first class joint. No, 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 it wasn't near. It surprised me. Look, he was he was amongst the people. <laughs> T 
T.O. was amongst the people. He was, man, you know, quick flight down to Los Angeles. It probably was nothing, but T.O., man, yeah. Solid dude, too. Look at you, man. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. The guy who was sitting next to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch sitting with Kyrie Irving at a playoff game. I mean, it doesn't surprise you know, me at this it, point. It's one of those things where I was going to like, ah, and I just told him, I was like, man, you was a dope player, you know, a solid cat, good stuff. You was a bad boy. He laughed and we talked a little bit. He was playing a little Tetris or something on the phone. And uh, I started to ask for a picture. I'm not really, uh, let's flick it up type of guy all the time, but... I was like, ah, that's a Hall of Famer, but I respected it. Man, it was an early morning flight, so I let him do him. I think it's actually the other way around. I think T.O. was telling people when he landed in L.A. <laughs> that he sat next to J.J. The one and only Jay Johnson. Nah, like, nah, you'll never nah, guess man. who I sat next to man, on the plane. I'm trying to tell you, man. Jay Johnson. They were like, Jay Johnson? Bless life, man, sometime. Being in that first class joint? No, he's sitting next to me. <laughs> All right, uh... Let's let's switch gears here for a few minutes. Cattles and Rami, no Rami today. He's in L.A. on vacation. He is. J.J. in for him. Uh, Kirk Cousins in the last year of his contract with Minnesota. And here was Cousins talking about his situation with the media this week. I think we'll, we'll probably talk about the contract next March. And until then, just focus on this season and the job to do right now. That's a baller move. Because you're <laughs> sitting there looking at possibly 100 to $150 million that you could bank right now. And his response is, ah, we'll, we'll wait till March. I'm good. Wait till March and we'll get around to it. That's right. We'll get around to it. Warren Sharp, JJ, tweeted this out about Cousins' contract history. Cousins has not signed a deal that was not fully guaranteed since he was a rookie. That's crazy. He got $20 million fully crazy. guaranteed in 2016. He got $24 mil fully guaranteed 2017. 2018, he got $84 million guaranteed. 2020, $66 million guaranteed. <laughs> In 2022, $35 million guaranteed. He has made, J.J., $231 million in his NFL career. $229 million of that 231 has been fully guaranteed. In the words of uh, Chuck, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Come on, man. I mean, dude has played the game better than just about anybody out there in the NFL. And you, it's kind of, it, like we're talking about the NBA money. When you sit back and you know really sit back and take a look at it, Kirk Cousins has been paid since the years he was in Washington, and, yeah. and you know on the franchise tag. And if I'm not mistaken, he is the only player to be triple franchise tagged, right? Three years, and he didn't play on the third one. I think so. Right? He he was franchised he got, twice in Washington. Yes. He played two years, and, and then, then the third one. The third one, I don't think they ever tagged him. I think they just let him go into free agency, and that's when he got that. Well, you can't, you can't deal. tag somebody three times. Right? Right. Right. I thought it was, twice. yeah, but I thought it was the third. Like he was going to be able to get some type of emergency tag, or it was something at that point in time, which I can't remember. If there's but, a loophole, he's going to find. Oh, yeah. it. My man knows the business. <laughs> that dude's of the NFL. got his money, man. Dude is, uh, you know, for everything that he is all on the field. I got to give it to Kirk, man. You know, he was doing push-ups in the driveway like T.O. at one point in time <laughs> during the pandemic, and he was doing, you know, workouts in his garage. But I see why. I mean, he ain't, he don't have a care in the world when it comes to finances, man. No, he, he ain't worried about it at all. No. He is a king Kirk in business. Kirk is one of the 10 highest-paid football players in NFL history. <sighs> With the next deal, he's going to pass Peyton Manning, <sighs> Eli Manning, and Ben Roethlisberger. He's going to be 35 years old in a couple of months. So he's looking at at least one more deal. And you wonder, what is he up to? I think he's he's doing what he usually does, which is 
play the market perfectly. I wouldn't doubt him, Nick. more time he sits, the more time he, he waits to sign a new deal, other quarterbacks can be signing, signing. deals. Dak Prescott, for example, mm-hmm. him and you know, him in the Dallas situation is, is fascinating. Dallas has to make a decision with Dak because of his cap numbers and all that stuff. Kirk could be waiting out some of these other quarterbacks to sign bigger deals, and then Kirk comes in, and now his deal will look better because these other guys signed. He's he's waiting out the the expensive quarterback market, and he's going to be the best free agent quarterback available. Right? There's not going to be there's not going to be out there, and I'm not telling you Kirk Cousins is great. He certainly is not, but he's going to be the best guy available via free agency if 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 you don't have a high draft pick or don't want to give up what it would take, and he might have an eye on San Francisco saying. All right, Brock Purdy was good for those eight games, but let's see if Brock Purdy follows it up this year. Because if not, he knows for a fact that Kyle Shanahan loves him some Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he does. I would be all out on that. As you talked about driving somebody to the airport, I'm not even going to try to pick him up, send a car, nothing. But I do think that it is going to be his turn, Nick. And that's what you're talking about when it comes to the quarterbacks. Every year we turn around and say, man, he got that? And, oh, my goodness, he got paid. But it's just his turn. He's up next. And if Jimmy Garoppolo's getting $72 million, $75 million guaranteed, we know Kirk's going to get at least double that when, yes. it, when it comes to, you know, 32-year-old Derek Carr just got $100 million guaranteed. guaranteed yeah. which is, I think Kirk could maybe get that, but it just sounds insane that a 35-year-old Kirk Cousins is going to get $100 million guaranteed. I could see him... Signing one of those deals. Like three for 90? Yeah, three mm-hmm. for 90, three for 100, somewhere in that. Mm-hmm. With, with pretty much all of it guaranteed. guaranteed. He got to walk away with like $350 million in his career. <sighs> guaranteed, 350 in the pocket. More than a quarter of a billion. You like that? Uh, Sabatha Mueller of the Nevada Independent joins us to talk A's next. Sacktown Sports. Headlines. I'm Simone with your Sacktown Sports Headlines. Could Wizards all-star Bradley Beal be dealt to the Sacramento Kings? Sean Sharani and Sam Amick of The Athletic highlighted this enticing speculation this afternoon. Head to SacktownSports.com right now for more information. Mirroring the very rules of baseball itself, Oakland Athletics are essentially one strike away from relocation. The disheartening count revealed itself yesterday after Nevada legislature jointly approved public funding for the Las Vegas Stadium deal to uproot the A's out of Oakland. Tampa Bay Rays beat Oakland 6-3 on Wednesday night, snapping the A's seven-game winning streak. Finally, the 123rd U.S. Open is underway at the Los Angeles Country Club. Your live leaderboard standings are provided, of course, by Naturewood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley back in the clubhouse and tied atop the leaderboard with eight under, while nine players are tied in third with three under. I'll keep you updated all afternoon. I'm Simone. Those are your Sacktown Sports headlines. Welcome back into Cattles and Rami with Jay Johnson. With you one mile at a time during the afternoon drive. Cattles and Rami. Sacktown Sports. All right, so we got two big local stories today. Bradley Beal and the conversations between the Kings and the Wizards, reported on by Sham Sharania, and also the Oakland A's in this move to Vegas. Oh, Nick, you're breaking my heart, bro. Sorry about it, man. Ain't my fault. You're breaking my heart. And we're going to talk about that story right now. Tabitha Mueller 
from the Nevada Independent joins us on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Tabitha, thank you for the time. It is much appreciated. We appreciate you. Uh, was there any surprise that the public funding bill passed this week? I don't think that it was a surprise that the pun- public funding bill passed this week. I mean, we had seen a lot of discussions about it. I think it, it was a surprise that it had died in the, in the regular legislative session. But as soon as the governor kind of brought it back and said this was kind of his priority for this second special session, I think it was from there it was just kind of a matter of figuring out what the team would agree to, what the lawmakers would agree to, and, and kind of getting it moving forward. Tabitha, I've been enthralled with this legislation and bill since it was even mentioned. One, because I'm a huge A's fan, and second, because I really enjoy my time when I go to Las Vegas. And uh, with that being said, I see where the paper, where the money on the state is going, where they're going to kick in for the A's to come to Vegas. But in layman terms, can you really break down where this money is really coming from? And does it mean, personally, I'm going to have to pay more resort fees coming my way down (laughs) down the road? Well, uh, let me tell you, if you visit Las Vegas, I don't think that this deal means that you you personally will end up paying more in resort fees. <laughs> um, essentially, what this deal is, it's $380 million in public financing is kind of what we're talking about here. $180 million of that is coming from the state in terms of transferable tax credits. You have uh, more of some of that money also coming in the, ter- in the form of bonding and a, from the county and then um, so transferable and then uh, just like a $25 million credit as well. And I think that what we're saying in terms of how these credits get paid back and the bonding is repaid is through tax revenue generated by the stadium. So let's say you go to the stadium and you buy a hot dog and you wear a baseball cap and you also buy a flag for the team. The tax doll- the taxes on those items would go to pay for the stadium, if that makes sense. And it would be all. It would only affect the stadium. Hmm. Gotcha. Tabitha Mueller with us here on Sacktown Sports. Cattles and Rami. Rami out. JJ in for him. Any shot that the governor Tabitha doesn't move this along? I mean, I think I can't say for sure one hundred percent the governor doesn't veto or changes, but I think it is highly, highly, highly unlikely that the governor would veto this piece of legislation. Right? He called everyone in after the regular legislative session was over because Nevada only has meets every two years for 120 days to determine all the laws for the state. And when he called people back, that's taxpayer money that's going into, he said, I want this deal in my hands. And so my guess is, is that he signs it. And we're hearing maybe in a couple of days, although who knows? <laughs> right. Very true here with Tabitha Mueller of uh, Nevada Independent. Tabitha, as a Nevada resident, in your mind, the feel is, do you believe that there's any way, shape, or form that the pe- the people of Las Vegas didn't want the A's to come? You know, I, so first off, I live up in northern Nevada, and actually we're closer to the A's now than they will be when it goes down south to Las Vegas. <laughs> and I think that there were some folks that were very frustrated with this. I think there were some folks that were very excited about this. A lot of people don't pay attention to the legislative process, and so I think there are quite a few folks, too, who didn't even know this was happening, right? Wow. I think that the biggest concern from a lot of constituents is, you know, what we heard, at least from opponents of this, is why are we putting money toward this when we maybe should put money toward education or housing or something like that, right? Yeah, no doubt about that. And we heard some of those uh, questions from the state Senate earlier this week. Tabitha Mueller is on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. 
Tabitha, is John Fisher in Major League Baseball overlooking how much it matters that the Golden Knights were actually found in Vegas, founded in Vegas, and they didn't relocate when they talk about the expectations of interest for this franchise? I mean, obviously, they knew the success of the Golden Knights. They knew where the Golden Knights came from. The people who wrote this bill also wrote the bill to bring the Raiders to Las Vegas. And I'm preemptively sorry that we've stolen two teams from from, <laughs> from you guys over there. Um, but, you know, I think that that was not a consideration when they were looking at this. And they've continually said that they think that Las Vegas in and of itself is sort of a unique Area Now, a lot of economists have sort of panned public funding for uh, stadiums. So I think it's going to devil's going to be in the details when we finally see when it's built, what it's producing, those kinds of things. Tabitha, when it comes to Las Vegas, I would imagine, you know, the uh, the structure 10 times well more than I do. As far as where they're going to actually put this stadium, which is on, it seems to be Tropicana land right now. Yeah. from your standpoint, does it seem to be, I, I guess, is it, I guess what I'm asking is, does it make sense financially to add another team to Las Vegas in the location of where the A's are trying to, uh, you know, situate? Well, I think lawmakers think that it is, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think one of the things that's also interesting about this is where they're putting the stadium, they're actually not going to have to pay the property taxes on that parcel of land. So, I mean, in addition to that $380 million that we're talking about, there's also, I mean, a lot of money that would be paid in property taxes that is not going to go back to the county, that is not going to go to the state, right? That's just money that the team or the stadium authority will not have to pay. As for the kind of financial aspects of this, lawmakers said in the assembly yesterday that this parcel of land that it's being proposed to be put on is a very valuable piece of real estate, right? It's on the strip. It's close to uh, the the airport to a certain degree, and and that's also something that they're going to have to consider when they put in the stadium and lighting and that kind of thing. Um, But it's it's also got – it just got a – it's something else would have been built there is what the assembly members said. And so, you know, I can't say whether or not this was the best thing that will go here. I think that there's been a lot of pushback on stadium deals recently. I mean, the former governor, Steve Sislak, uh, said, I can't remember when, but it was a while ago, that he would not support public funding for another stadium. He did change that a couple weeks ago and, and went back on that statement. So, you know, I think I think time will tell. Tabitha, thanks for the time. We appreciate you. Great stuff and have a good weekend. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Tabitha Mueller from uh, the Nevada Independent on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. You know, one thing I've been bouncing around in my head, JJ, is whether or not Vegas can support multiple professional franchises as they continue to stockpile. Mm You've got the Golden Knights. You've got the Raiders. Major League Baseball is coming in now. We hear that the NBA wants a franchise in Vegas. WNBA is already there. Yep. The Minor Aces. League Baseball. I mean, you have you have so many things already going on in the city. Is it going to be endless? You're right. will, will you be able to continue to have the magic that the Golden Knights have had? We know Raiders games, there's a lot of tourists at of Raiders games. But the difference is, is that you got one football game a week and people can fly in and fly out. Right. So weeknights, NBA game, you're going to have 20,000 people in the stadium? Hmm. The arena? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Baseball, 162-game schedule. 
They're not budging on that. Nope. You're going to have people there in the middle of the week when it's 115 degrees out in Vegas? Even if you're in a dome, which they will be air-conditioned, are you still going to be there? So I do think there's a legitimate question whether or not Vegas can support all of these teams. And if they can't, there's going to be a lot of regret in, in corners of the sports world making these decisions. Unfortunately, Nick, I, I think John Fisher will be long gone by that time. I think he'll oh, be yeah. out, you yep. know, and it, it won't matter one way or another if Las Vegas and the city and the state of Nevada can support what the A's are putting down. And I think that's part of the conversation, you know, you've seen in the Senate and Assembly over the last couple of weeks is, you know, quite frankly, can you trust John Fisher? Can you trust Dave Cavill? Can you trust the A's organization to deliver and, you know, really put some emphasis on what they're saying and, and, and you know, the, the land and the money and, yep. you know, and that's why the financials of it is, is one thing I do know about anything, Nick, is it comes down to finances one way or another. If you want to go take a vacation, do you have the money to go do so? If you want to go out and eat, do you have the money that, you know, to properly go and do that? Or are you going to have to, you know, go home and look what's in your pantry and cook it? And that's why it's it's very interesting to see the assembly and the Senate and the legislature, the legislators really push this through. And here we go again, creative finances, man, creative finances. It's going to be very interesting because one thing we know is John Fisher ain't coming up off the wallet. No doubt. And there's ways to find money. There's always, always, always ways to find money. It's funny how that works. Yeah. Uh, Has one outlet lost their minds with their NBA player rankings? We'll give you our thoughts next. magic while the other hmm we're still trying to figure that out paddles and rami sacktown sports kyle just like like simone behind the board for a second you know simone gets all like jazzed up and there's a lot of stuff going on she's like looking around Kyle looked like there was a fire drill for like a second. He's looking at the board, looking around. <laughs> He's jumping to the other counter. <laughs> so, uh, Go ahead, Kyle. I have uh, what you might call radio brain at this point, where anytime I hear silence, I start yes. freaking out a little bit. We all have that, yeah. Yep. A second of silence feels like 10 seconds. That's that's, yeah. how, totally. that's how the world works. Simone and I will just be in the middle of a conversation over here, and then if there's like a moment of silence, we'll both spring into yep. action. <laughs> All right, uh, JJ, let's get to this, shall we? The Ringer, and we're going to talk about the Kings later on and, and what the Ringer thought of the Kings in their latest player rankings. They gave us the top 125 in the league. So there were some names that stood out to you and I. We didn't quite agree with the Ringer's rankings on some of these guys. So let's run through some of them, get thoughts from the people as well. Uh, all right, let's start with Kevin Durant. So KD uh, was ranked fourth, number four in the entire NBA. And not only that, was KD number four, but the little stock symbol was going up on KD somehow, some way. Interesting. KD number four. What do you think, JJ? A bit high. I mean, he's, a, as they said, an all-time great scorer who provides no solutions for the opponent. And, you know, I guess his, uh, his, his 
what he does great. He's a pull-up threat, clutch yeah. gene, and human highlight. I love how they have the, the attributes there for, <laughs> for the players next to it. Uh, yeah, KD is a beast. But fourth right now, maybe a little little high for me just based on he hasn't been healthy over the last couple of years. Yeah, it feels like it's high. He's 34, the injury history. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to have desire to play defense moving forward No, either. I wouldn't either. He yeah. could probably tap out on that end. So, he's in front of Tatum. Yeah, KD at four is a little mm, high for me. In front of Tatum, in front of Luka. Devin Booker was their number one in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Front of the MVP, Joel Embiid. It's high. It's four's high. All right, then we go to a former teammate of KD, James Harden. Oh, Harden is ranked 19th by the Ringer, JJ. Man, they better stop playing around. (laughs) There's certain times and certain things, Nick, where you look at him like, okay, that's not real. I'm not even going. I'm not even going to let that hold weight anymore. James Harden's not is not even close to being the 19th best NBA player anymore. He had a, a good, solid run. Season 14, they got him as a floor general. I almost laughed. A floor general. James Harden's a floor general? I don't know, man. Come on. <laughs> this is uh, this, is, this is high for me when I look at this. Maybe they're telling us this is the non-Philadelphia 76ers projection, maybe, and he'll go to Houston and he'll mm. just score 35 a night because he'll take 25 shots. Mm. But uh, he's 33 years old. His athleticism is shot. It's never been great, but it is declining by the second, it feels like. And we know a big part of his game was driving into traffic and driving into the paint and hurling his body forward to get free throws. Right. I think that's going to slow down. And could you could you possibly have any confidence, J.J., in believing that an aging, super-rich James Harden is – is going to Shape. change his approach at any point, or is it more likely, especially if he goes to Houston, is it right. more likely oh. that he'll be enjoying the nightlife even more than he has before? Absolutely. It's the twilight. He's got to celebrate, and we've heard whispers and rumors, and you know, I don't even think it's a rumor. We know when he was playing in Houston, he would hold up the plane for hours You know, when a team is getting ready to take off because of his nightlife and because of you know the fly and flashy life James Harden lives. Man... 19th is is a bit much for my liking, Nick. 19th? They had him ahead of Domas and Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know how you can have James Harden ahead of Anthony Edwards. Come on, that's, man. That's that's madness. And in front of your boy, who I believe we're getting ready to talk talk about maybe here. He might be talking about a little bit of Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown that's is at uh twenty two on this list, twenty second ranked player in the NBA, Jalen Brown. No, that's second-team All-NBA Jalen Brown, if I'm correct, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so that means he's in front of guys that made the third team and guys who didn't make any team, which is James Harden. True. All right, I'm just saying, John Morant, we don't know what's going on. Jalen Brown's an all, all-around all defensive-minded guy. Goes, I mean, he he is, as they say, he is an interior scorer. He's a pull-up threat. He's a human highlight. I don't know what human highlight technically means. They didn't break this down for me, Nick. <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to take it in a Dominique Wilkins effect or the fact of the matter is, you know, he he's regularly Eek. within the highlights. But, I mean, Jalen Brown's 26 years old, getting ready to get paid 6'6", went to Cal. So, you know, we're going to love him a little bit out here more in Northern California. But he just does it all, man. He is the prototypical 3 and D guy in the NBA for me right now. He needs to make uh, more threes consistently. True. His shot selection, he's been down 
He's been up and down from three his whole career, and it's it's got to do with shot selection. His shot's fine. He just takes some outrageous threes at times. But, yeah, I, I would have JB higher than this. Would you guys put him in the same group as, like, Donovan Mitchell at 15 and Jamal Murray at 16? He's with somewhere, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's somewhere in, in that group. Yeah, he's closer to sure. that than, you know, James Harden is. Yes, come on now. Uh, Jalen's only 26. The biggest issue is his playmaking without turning the ball over. Uh, he's got to work on that. But he is a two-way wing when he wants to be. Yes. He also sleeps on defense from time to time. But I, I do wonder, these are the kinds of things that Jalen Brown might look at and say, I'm disrespected because I play with Jason Tatum. I'm sure in Jalen Brown's mind, he thinks if he wasn't with Tatum, he'd be a number one somewhere else. I'm not sold on that idea, but I think Jalen is sold on that. I think Jalen believes that he is subjugating his ego and his stats and his stature to play alongside Tatum. I think if you take Tatum away from Brown, we saw it in the playoffs in game seven. Yeah. Without Tatum... If you ask Jalen to create consistently and playmake, mm. it doesn't go great. Yeah. His efficiency drops, his turnovers go up, but I think there's part of it. Uh, let's get to the next guy. Trey Young at 23. It's a tad bit high for me as well. Trey is a scoring machine. They have him as a passing virtuoso. He's a good passer. He is. is he a virtuoso? I mean, a virtuoso is a like type Magic of, Johnson. Yes, come on, Jason Kidd, you know, that type of thing. So is great below virtuoso? Yes, yes. Well, then I guess absolutely. he wouldn't be a virtuoso, yeah, he's but a, he is great. Yeah, he's great, exactly. He's a little high for me. Uh, I think all he does is score. I know that's the NBA. I know, you know, guys like Steph Curry and, and KD and Luka Doncic. And, you know, there's a bunch of guys who – They've, they've created the fact that you need to score, score, score. We just saw with the Sacramento Kings. He's in front of Anthony Edwards. No way for me. No. Uh, no. Paul George, I would take Paul George over Trey Young myself. Jalen Brunson, I would take Jalen Brunson over Paul George. You know, there's some guys on there, Pascal Siakam, you know. I'd take Laurie Marketing over Trey Young. I probably wow. would at this point, oh, I too. Would. I probably would. I mean, he's 26 years old, and he's a big fella. And the one thing Laurie is, he's shown, especially in Utah, is he can play on that elbow. He's a catch-and-shoot three, you know. And the other part I, I really like Laurie is he's a gamer, man. And Trey's a gamer, too. Now, that's one thing about Trey I really get. He's, they have him as a clutch gene guy. He is a gamer, and he will show up when the going gets tough. And I think Laurie's that type of guy, too. He's a little high for me as well. I would take Ant, certainly. I'd take Jalen Brunson over him, certainly. Uh, he's never going to play defense. No. Nah. He's not even a sniff defense. Yeah. He's small. He doesn't like playing defense. He doesn't love physical contact. I loved Trey Young when he was at Oklahoma, like the first, yes. uh, you know, I saw him play that year. And I, I remember tweeting about him. And I was just, I was mystified. It, a little Steph Curry to his game in college where he just come up and logo threes. He still does that, you know, a decent amount in Atlanta. But there was that freedom. I, I always thought. Travis Schlanke, I always thought Atlanta tried to mimic Golden State. Warriors. When they Warriors South. Trey Young and Kevin Herter screamed to me, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Mm. Always wanted that kind of feel. Got you. I think they wanted their DeAndre Hunter to be a Draymond Green, but better offensively. Kind of that forward who mm-hmm. can defend really well and facilitate at times. But, uh, yeah, I-, I think Trey's a little too high. I- I've fallen out of love with him. Just so, would you go with like a Tyrese Halliburton even over him? Yes, yeah, yeah. interesting. Hundred percent, yeah, for sure. Hundred percent. 
Last one is Zion. He's ranked 30th, which is outrageous to me. I'm going to take a step back and let you get, get to Zion. There's man, no way because... in hell that Zion should be in the top 30. He's played like 120 games out of the possible 300-plus. How, how do you put him? How do you even put him? I don't know how you could put him in the top 50. He hasn't played. He's played like 30% of his games. 29 in the last two seasons. How, how in the world is this guy ranked in the top 30? They got him over Tyrese Halliburton. They got him over uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Draymond, Michael Bridges, Drew Holiday. Out Kyrie. Rageous. Aaron Gordon. Bradley Beal. Outrageous. Yeah. Kyle's got a thing for Aaron Gordon, man. He loves himself. I'm, some I'm Aaron a Gordon. basketball nerd. All the advanced numbers loved Aaron Gordon this year. I don't you just love I think it's unhealthy though. Like you can you can you can really like somebody or love somebody, but you, you're like obsessed. <laughs> with he's fell in love. I, I would take Aaron Gordon he shoehorned over him into Julius the conversation, Randall, man. He shoehorned him this morning in the meeting, and he shoehorned him right now. Loves Aaron Gordon. So with you and AG over there, Kyle, San Jose's own Aaron Gordon, baby, Arch, Archbishop Mitty or whatever. <laughs> Look, the name of the school, man. He he deserves the love. He's one of the thirty best players in the league. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, so there are some of the time. rankings from the Ringer that we disagreed with. No love for Zion. Come on, man. I love Zion, but the dude hasn't done enough in the NBA. They already gave him a max deal for nothing. You taking Carl over Zion right now? Carl Anthony Towns? No. Oof. I don't know. That's tough. Okay. Jaron Jackson Jr. Yes. Okay. Just one defensive player of the year. 100%. Even if he didn't. Even if he didn't, I would take Jaron Jackson Jr. Michael Bridges? Yes. Oh, no. No. Definitely not. Yes. I'd rather have a guy who could possibly be an all-star and plays than a guy who doesn't play. Julius Randle. Um, that's where the buck stops. That's tough. DeJounte Murray. Uh, Give me Zion. I'd probably take Murray at this point. Andrew just, Wiggins. Definitely. Definitely, yes. Over, yeah, definitely. We're, we're getting into the territory. I'd take I'm Zion. Just, I'm, just, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm out on Zion, man. I love him, but he's never playing. LaMelo Ball. Yeah, I'd take LaMelo. Wow, okay. All right, uh, coming up, how does the uh, Bradley Beal to the Kings talk impact this summer's expectations?